Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast, brought to you by the team behind BikeRadar.com, Cycling Plus and MBUK magazines. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe. And if you can do so, leave us a rating on your podcast provider of choice. It really helps us reach other cyclists like you. Welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast. This is one of our Bike Radar Shorts episodes, which is an infrequent, brisker look at some exciting new technology. My name's Alex Evans, and I'm one of the senior technical editors here on Bike Radar. And today I'm joined by technical editor-in-chief, Rob Weaver, who has been out to see a brand new steering assistant system. This has been developed by Canyon in partnership with Syntase. Canyon has launched this new piece of tech initially on the Spectral 29, and it's claimed to improve handling stability on technical trails. Rob, please tell me about this new system. So, uh, yeah, so it was actually, uh, the, the guy's name is Joe Kleber from Syntase and Lightville Bikes in Germany, who came up with the concept. Um, and then working alongside Canyon, they engineered it. Uh, they're, they're the exclusive uh, bike brands that will be using this concept. And so the system's called Keep It Stable or KIS for short. Um, <clears throat> and the idea is that you've got a cam ring, which is attached to your fork steerer, which is then tethered with this. It's like a synthetic fiber, ultra strong synthetic fiber band uh, that then connects to a spring or two springs, which are fixed in place on your inside your top tube should i say yeah it's it's all internal all hidden within the bike yep and what it does is as you turn your bar 
one side of the band will slacken, the other side will become more tense. That is because it's pulling at the spring, so the spring's extending. And when you let go of your bars, what that does, that system basically tries to self-center your steering. Okay, so if you were cycling down the street, you're turning a left-hand corner or down a trail or whatever, and you were to let go of the bars, they would just automatically self, self-center self to, to the middle. They would try to. They would try to, okay. Yeah. Okay, and maybe a better example is if you were holding your bike on its back wheel it, with the front wheel in the air and you turn the bars to the left, you let go of them rather than them staying pointing to the left yeah. as they would do, you'd expect a normal bike. They would they would go to the middle. Well, just think of when you're holding your bike by the saddle and if you've ever pushed it along, holding it onto the saddle, um, a lot of modern bikes, especially now with a really slack head angle, will stay fairly central for the most part and still until you start to lean them over a bit further and then all of a sudden the old wheel flop kicks in and whoops, that wheel's just going to drop away and tuck under. You get, if you were riding, it would be, I guess, understeer. Um, and so what this does is help with that, help combat that. So it helps to, yeah, stabilize the steering, essentially. Um, we only rode it for a day. Um, and you know what press launches are like. So when I say a day, I mean... Half a day, quarter of a day. <laughs> intermittent stopping for photos, the faff, obviously, that goes into that. Uh, a lunch, a long lunch because there's, you know, 30, 40 people. Uh, and the guys at Canyon and Sintase and Lightville were saying that really in order to properly get to grips with it, because you're essentially undoing years and years of, you know, um, muscle memory and what you're accustomed to on a normal bike, you need to spend about a month riding it okay. in order to really sort of get to grips with it. Okay. Um, so so kind of extending on that thought, what's kind of the, the point of it, I guess, w- without getting too too crazy on the details? Like, w- why would you want this on your bike is a good question to ask. Well, so I think um, what Joe was saying and and so, and so Fabian Burrell who, as well, who was, um, so he... He takes the lead on a lot of the developmental stuff at Canyon. So he was heavily involved in this. And I think a, a big point that they were trying to, or, or something they were trying to create from this was not only that sort of stabilization, but that unity between front and rear. So, you know, Fabian sort of more compared it to how you can, with the system in place, weight the bike more predictably. You're not essentially at times fighting that front wheel because of that additional connection. Um, so I think that's, that's the sort of, that's a, a big part of it. There's also, uh, they, you know, they also say there's benefits around fatigue. So one of the examples, uh, Joe gave was as you're climbing something steep and technical, your weights obviously shifted quite far back and at times the steering can feel quite light, unstable and, I'm not sure if you've ever had it before, but there's definitely points where, you know, if it's a really awkward move, for example, up a step or through, you know, a techie section, you might start to pull on the bars a little bit and, you know, destabilize. The the front wheel starts to turn. You almost need to then crank a bit harder and, you know, use that self-stabilizing effect that's created with the slack head angle, short offset, all of those things. And the wheel will right itself. Instead... You've got this system in place, which will then further help this. 
So the bike's kind of doing the work for you, basically, to an extent. To a degree, right? That's I think that's the main idea here. Um, you know, and I think some people aren't going to necessarily want it if you, I don't know, if you're uh, a dirt jumper, obviously you don't want it because you want it to move as free and easy as possible. If you only like turning left. If you only like turning left, yeah, exactly. Uh, or maybe you could get a custom one. Yeah, that's true, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then... Uh, there's also other things to take into account as well because riding styles are going to affect how strong you want that um, effect to be. Uh, rider size and weight, style, all of those things are all going to have um, something to do with how you want to set it up. And it's worth pointing out that as standard, there's or, or on the bikes that we rode, there were three distinct settings. But I think in theory you can have an in-between those as well. But... You can have it as strong as possible, which they recommend for bigger riders, larger riders, heavier riders, potentially riding a bit faster, rougher terrain, things like that, where you're going to feel more benefit. Um, lighter riders might want it reined in a little bit. So there's a middle setting. Um, and then there's the weakest setting where you can still feel some effect, but it's nowhere near as pronounced. Okay. So when, when you're sit, sitting on the bike or you're, you know, you're riding, how, how much resistance is there? It's uh, is it like you've got a f like a slightly deflated tire. Is it like you've tightened your headset too much? No, so it's not. It's a diff it's a very different feel to that. It's not like it's restrictive. Okay. It's it. You can you know there is the sort of something you're pushing or pulling against when you turn your bars, but it isn't in the same sense as if you've got um, if you you know you've over tightened your headset or you've egged your head tube. It's, it is different to that. It's a really hard one to explain, yeah. though. Um, we could get into way more detail around how they, you know, so what they did with the torque curve and how they how they created it and, and the shape of it. But essentially, there's this sort of um, relatively strong self-centering force initially. And then once you're past that, it really smooths out. So I think it's the first, after about, maybe as little as 10 degrees, maybe even less than that, then it still increases gradually, but it's a really, really shallow sort of increase. So turning the bars from, you know, 10 degrees to 50 doesn't feel a whole lot different. And it's the idea behind that, that once you get past a certain steering point, it's no longer to do with stability. It's a deliberate rider input. Yes. Yeah, so and, it, and it remains nice and consistent. So there isn't, it isn't like it's uh, building to the point where you're struggling to turn it or anything like that. Okay. So it, it feels intuitive just like it would on a, you know, on a, on a regular bike, I guess. Um, as I said, I only rode it for a day. Um, and my, my biggest takeaway was in terms of the positives anyway, was that when I was riding really loose flat turns where I think you're treading a fine line between oversteer and understeer you know as you sort of lean in there's that point where you kind of you commit to it and then you start to almost need to correct if you start to drift for example you need to correct it a little bit and at that point it's when you start to feel that connection between you know the the steering assembly and the frame and where i think it can feel like you're having to do loads of micro adjustments and it can feel a bit twitchy in this instance it just felt that bit more composed. Okay. Um, 
again, it's it's really hard to say whether that was purely down to this or whether it was down to, you know, a bike that I'd never ridden before on a trail I'd never touched before. You know, it's it's really hard to properly extrapolate definitives from those sorts of things. But that's kind of what I noticed first and foremost. Um, and you can feel it a little bit while you're climbing as well, but it never really felt massively detrimental. Um, again, with all of these things, I think the key thing is to try and get some back-to-back testing yeah. with this sort of stuff. So same can... bike, same fork, same everything. Exactly, exactly. You want, so so again, Canyon are, are bringing out the, this system is coming on the Spectral CF8. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a, KAS model or KISS model, whatever you want to call it. Um, it costs, I think... For, for £4,999 or £4,999, which yes. is 400 yes, of those currencies up. Yes, so it is significantly more expensive. But it does mean as well, from our point of view, we're able to get both bikes and test them back-to-back just to see um, how that feels on the same terrain on you know trails that we're totally familiar with yeah interesting so it's only 110 grams i see here the full system yeah once it's integrated yeah 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 so it's not not a huge a huge weight penalty for something that could potentially potentially be brilliant for for people potentially yeah this is it it's it's really hard isn't it because i think we've just we've over the last decade or so we've been through so many different um waves when it comes to geometry fork offset all of these things trying to make things better, counter other issues that have cropped up. And it sort of feels like we were... Getting... We were getting there, right? Yeah. yeah we were in a pretty <laughs> yeah. good place. Yeah. There was an almost unanimous agreement across the industry that yeah. there were certain things that everyone was doing. Exactly. And I also think as well, habitually, we were at a point where we were used to all of those things. Therefore, as nothing was, you know, especially for us who changing bikes all the time, the head angles are changing assuming you're riding the same types of bikes, a small amount yeah. offsets the same across the board. Yeah. So the element of predictability for us is is always going to be there. So this kind of throws a spanner in the works to a degree because it's almost like not starting again, but yeah. to a degree relearning things, relearning habits and stuff. And yeah. imagine what's going to happen if, if this is as good as they're claiming it is. It's going to rewrite the the rule book essentially. Yeah, potentially, and 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 I think yeah, it, it's always hard with something new like this, um, bringing in those innovations, um, because there is always going to be an element of skepticism. Um, so you know, our job is always going to be stay as open minded as possible and try to you know look at it as objectively as we possibly can. Um, but I think it's a really interesting one for sure. Yeah, definitely. Okay, brilliant. I mean, you know, it sounds exciting, and I think um, I think it's something that we're going to be keeping a very close eye on. I say. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Well, great. Thank you for that very speedy roundup, Rob. <laughs> I hope it makes sense. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. No, I, th- I think you uh, nailed it. And there will be obviously articles on on biteradar.com um, about this. You know, a bit more depth. Um, and as soon as we are able to do back to back testing, um, you know, we will be out there. Trust us. Oh yes. Yeah. Well, thank you again, Rob. Cheers, Alex. Great stuff. And thank you, listeners. If you have any questions, please do email podcast at biteradar.com and we will try our hardest to answer them. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Bike Radar podcast. If you've not done so already, please subscribe and share with your friends or leave us a rating if you've enjoyed this episode. 